0: Good to see you today, my crypto friends. Welcome to the EOS podcast. Today we have a great podcast. We have Ingrid and Brandon from EOS Detroit, one of my favorite block producers. And we're gonna talk all about EOS and what's going on specifically with EOS Detroit. They've got some interesting projects they're working on. So Brandon, uh, why don't you and then Ingrid introduce yourselves and we'll get started.
1: Great, thanks for having us on the show. My name is Brandon Lovejoy, I'm the Director of Communications with EOS Detroit and with me is...
2: Uh, I am the Chief Community Officer of EOS Detroit so it's my responsibility to basically spread the love of EOS in the city of Detroit and ensure hopefully widespread adoption.
0: Fantastic.
2: Um,
0: well, I, I look forward to hearing about all the things you guys are doing. To get um, to kind of kick it off, what is the most exciting thing or what are you most excited about in general in EOS right now?
1: Yeah, there's just so many things to be excited about. It's hard to know um, where to start. I think there are just a lot of great developments kind of rolling in around the corner. We've got the, the Rex. Uh, which is the resource exchange that seems kind of impending. Um, There's a lot of like incredible discussion happening around the proposed um, constitution. Um, The EOS Alliance has been hosting um, calls where everyone, a really impressive uh, global showing and multilingual showing for people discussing different versions of the constitution and comparing them um, from Korean, Chinese, English, and Russian. Um, uh, as many viewers know, Shintai launched and um, so the first kind of opportunity for token holders to lease tokens on EOS um, is is live, although I believe it's currently down uh, temporarily until uh, well for a few days for maintenance and then back up again and running.
0: Yeah, I I just looked into Shintai just before we popped on to see where the kind of interest rates are at. There looks like about between uh between about three and five percent per year uh, or APR is where the where the interest rates are sitting for people who are Interested in possibly leasing out staking some of their tokens um, it will be interesting to see how that changes as the demand shifts. I guess is more if there's a lot more DApps, and there's more uh, you know, mm-hmm. For bandwidth. Though. We'll see how that shifts. What's the what's the difference between? The Rex and and Shintai or like the hypothetical Rex is is there gonna be some
1: <clears throat> Different
0: resources best. or go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'll do my best with that um, you've got the two relatively non-technical members of our team. It
0: makes three of us <laughs> But uh, grab it all.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, one of the main differences, the Rex is going to, if it, if it uh, makes it through referendum and is adapted, which seems quite likely, that um, it will be more of a protocol level um, resource exchange on, on EOS, and one of the cool things about it under the current proposal is that it does seem to tie um voting um to the recs so in in a way that would would encourage people to vote for a full slate of candidates which we feel is really crucial um just getting more people voting and having more engagement and um because uh, on the recs under the current proposal in order to participate in the recs you have to vote for a full 30 and then um, you know there'll be other really interesting features that it brings um as well um i might need some more time to think about <laughs> the difference yeah, between no shintai and the and rex no but yeah is um, there is there
0: other resources because it's called the resource exchange so and right now shintai is basically uh the um is just you're just able to lit- lease your um sorry i'm having a a uh <laughs> we're, we're all having a it's okay see this is what happens when you get three non-technical people <laughs> starting to talk tech over like i just can i have someone please to lean on right now Geez, all right it's Like, hold on i gotta open up the white paper real quick <laughs> exactly clips, you know? um, well cool we we don't need to we don't need to dig too much further into that people are gonna people are gonna um be able to look into that
1: themselves. The, the important thing is that, that y'all, everyone should be excited about it and- uh, Yes,
0: the excitement <laughs> and, is the important.
1: And, yeah, just the, <laughs> like, I mean, the, mere, the mere opportunity to begin unlocking some of the latent potential um, that exists in EOS that we've really yet to see, um, and the ability to begin to lay some, some roads um, out to people um, because a lot of the, a lot of the more active participants in EOS right now are highly technical. And one of the things that EOS Detroit is focused on is, is bringing this technology to people. We're really, um, crucially interested in where, um, you know, making, making this technology touch the earth, so to speak. And,
0: yeah, I see. You guys are like you guys are very local focused. So that's something I want to get into, kind of what that means um, a little bit further down the road here. Ingrid, what do you what's, what what you most as the community manager and someone kind of in touch with the community? What are you most excited about in in EOS right now?
2: Yes, so I'm not the community manager for that's EOS. Awesome. <laughs> um, that is uh, our team member Phil. Um, but one of the things that I'm most interested in is the URI and I'm still trying to, Universal um, Resource wow. Inheritance, I'm trying to still wrap my head around it because uh, one of the things that attracted me to EOS is uh, that Dan Larimer was into UBI. And uh, I'm excited about this this step and this movement towards really developing um, that idea and. Already, it's got a new, another name, and so I have to understand what that means. <laughs> um, but it seems very interesting, and um, I'm excited to follow it.
0: Yeah, URI. I've done a, a couple shows on, on the URI, and we've dug into that, and it, it's really interesting. Um, it's right now the the biggest kind of struggle is the, it's tough to understand what universal resource inheritance and the difference between universal basic income, universal resource inheritance, where the money comes from, who would pay for it, who would benefit from it um, kind of the incentives that are built into it. It it is like you said, it's tough to wrap your head around. And so um, kind I think that the, toughest part of the adoption for uri is going to be the understanding of it so hoping that there's some places where we can see it implemented in really small scales and proven out or maybe just vetted to see how it works and then um build on it from there and um actually okay. I have a yeah go ahead
2: oh go on. i wanted to hear your story oh i had
0: a, i have a um a small little project that we're talking about on Steemit and trying to build a kind of a model of URI on within the Steemit ecosystem just to test it out. So, um, Ooh. there's some, there's some interesting things going on. Um, yeah. So
2: I think that that would be really interesting. And, and whenever, um, things are a little more solidified, uh, approaching, uh, the mayor in Stockton, California, could be really interesting about adopting this new system or at least, um, you know, just thinking about it, about how blockchain can, you know, really support that initiative that they've already started.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I was unf- I'm unfamiliar with that. Is the, is the mayor of Stockton is, is implementing some sort he of... He a- Okay. Yeah,
2: he was elected last year and uh, he's young. Mm-hmm. Like in his 30s, I think. And uh, that's one of the things that he wants to do. So of course, uh, the UBI community uh, that is already existing has rushed to his aid. So um, we're really hoping that that works, of course. Um, but yes, uh, I, that would be great to have a model of URI. But I, you know, in thinking about widespread adoption, every single aspect um, as the way that EOS operates right now is quite difficult. And um, it's not the sexiest uh, thing to attract people with, um, and and to really understand decentralized governance. Uh, I, I think one of the best parts of EOS is that it, it forces you to really shift your thinking around governance and economies, um, how we exchange goods and how we even treat each other. But um But then, on the flip side it's because it's been so insular and tech heavy um, it's very difficult to um for a person who knows nothing about blockchain or cryptocurrency, it makes it very, very difficult to even understand the operation and the governance model of EOS, which is you know quite unique and experimental and I think very necessary for this this next m- step towards alternative government systems which we absolutely need right Um, and so uh, that is what I'm tasked with and it's a heavy heavy thing and it is a very significant I understand the responsibility because without the people actually adopting um, just on a general level blockchain and crypto it won't exist It, it can't it doesn't work. Uh, so we need people to participate in the DAPs and to create dax and to, to participate in the governance. Um, we need a diversity of people as well. Uh, and so that is what EOS Detroit, part of our mission is really strategizing on how to attract more people, the novices, and get them excited and uh, as we work on our project you know it, it gives us this opportunity to really streamline and figure that out and we, we're hoping that will be beneficial to the larger EOS community.
0: Yeah and I, I know that kind of on that note with, uh, with interacting with governments I saw that you EOS Detroit has a um, some sort of meeting with the local government or with uh, with, let me see. I wrote it down actually.
2: Well, it's called the future of state. Future of the state, yeah. Yes, it's uh, government and blockchain. Uh, we're having a panel discussion with uh, blockchain experts who's been um, focusing on governments, and also uh, candidates and politicians to to really talk about blockchain technology in terms of legislation inflation. What does that look like in Michigan? How far behind are we? Hopefully not too far. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and really, what do politicians need to know? Why do they need to know about not just blockchain and you know crypto, but they also need to learn about AI and VR and all of the emerging tech because they're trying to use it in different ways to secure our cities, right? And they're kind of going in a little blind, unfortunately, and they're making a lot of mistakes. So this talk is really to just kind Kind of bring it to um, everyone's attention uh, that even voters need to have a certain level of understanding of uh, what to even ask their politicians, and and you know why we need we need to have this technology and be using it within our governments for efficiency's sake, Lord, and also um, to really just usher Detroit into the future future you know we can leapfrog some of these things that you know the challenges that we faced over the couple of decades has kind of maybe slowed us down but we can leapfrog that and just move it directly into the future and and it's exciting with autonomous cars being made in Detroit you know we are that we're still that hotbed of innovation and uh, so we just need you know a couple more steps and so we we put on these different talks we have the blockchain and government talk. And then after that will be the marijuana industry and blockchain technology, because um, we're probably going to be legalizing full legalization of marijuana here in Michigan. So we want to talk about how the emerging tech can really help to support that industry.
0: Yeah, and that, you know, that the government efficiency part that you hit on that, that's such a that's such a huge part that's it's left behind and are So it's so far behind. And there's a, there's a really cool program in um, San Francisco called Code for America. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Yes. Oh, they, um, so they have like, they, they get a bunch of coders together and it's volunteer work and they go to a government, um, uh, agency and they do a kind of a hackathon and they fix their website. They streamline everything. They make it like actually usable. So things that. like the DMV for um, kind of the Bay Area, like you'll go to the site and it'll make sense and you can kind of you know go through it. And so there's kind of the and like you can sign up online and get you know so um, and then for um, they're I'm not sure if they've done like the CalFresh basically the like the um, the food assistance part thing yet, but I think that's on their list, but they kind of, they get these really bureaucratic and, um, disjointed processes and they streamline them and kind of give them some tech life. And it's, it's, it's a really cool project. So, um, yeah, I'd love to see stuff like that happening everywhere. And it, it it will eventually. Yes. I think part of the, the government, uh, change will be just, supplanting with kind of fresh blood like you said the the young mayor in stockton who who is coming from more of this um probably has more idea of the tech that's going on just naturally from growing up with it so um yeah so that's 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 cool you guys are working on that very cool what other what other kind of community projects um EOS detroit focused on fanny you want to talk
2: about the mesh net since i've I'm talking <laughs> so
1: much. Yeah, the cat's kind of out of the bag a little bit. I mean, I'll say a little bit about it. We're still working on it. It's not, nothing that's like super fully formed, but a lot of work is being done on it. Um, we're still an unpaid block producer, so we're kind of scrappy, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps here, and we're not going away anytime soon, but we have uh, haven't had all the... Energy to focus on what is amounts to a like insanely ambitious project, um, but yeah, I mean one of the big problems in Detroit is you may know, and Ingrid could speak to the more of this is access, and frankly it's a problem all over the world, and until we're able to solve the problem of access, then a lot of the the gains being made with this technology um, are just not going to be available to people period so um One of the things um, we've been working towards is developing um, a way to use the EOS, um, EOSIO technology to incentivize a mesh net. And um, so there are already existing um, mesh net projects that have already been deployed in um, Detroit. And we've got one of, the people who's been really instrumental in that on our team. Haru is his name. And um, so we're kind of in talks with several local organizations um, that are already like deep in this process. And um, Ingrid, I always get lost in the acronym soup of names of different organizations. So maybe you want to
2: yeah, that, so you explain
0: what a mesh net is too.
2: Sure, sure. So I'll begin from the very beginning. 40% of Detroiters are living without access to the internet. The reason is because internet companies are looking at the credit score of the area. And um, because of the recession in the housing market, as we all know, um, the credit scores are quite damaged. Um, and so therefore, they're lower, which means that either the internet provider will say, Yes, you can have internet, but it's a lower speed at a higher price, or we're not going to uh, service you at all, that area at all. Um, so as a result of that issue and, and, and our deep belief, and, and I'm talking about collectively in the social justice community, um, that di- digital literacy is necessary for any city um, people to kind of move forward into the future and be, you know, participants and not just consumers, right? So we really want to make sure that everyone has access to the internet. And that's like the first step. Uh, The Equitable Internet Initiative um, was created and they chose five different neighborhoods and decided to create this mesh net. And what a mesh net is, is that they put a satellite on one house, and that signal will bounce maybe a couple houses over to where there's another satellite. And that means that in that area, people will have <clears throat> Wi Fi at a higher speed, at a much, much, much lower cost. Um, it's a nonprofit entity, so they are covering a lot of the costs, like ha- hardware and installation and things of that sort. These five neighborhoods are the most lower-income neighborhoods um, in Detroit, so they're, they're really um, focusing on the vulnerable population. So EOS Detroit really wants to support that effort, expand it, and by doing so, we're creating um, an application so that we can incentivize people to participate in the mesh net um, and be able to hopefully make money um, to be able to pay their bills uh, and then also create this economic, you know, an alternative economy or ecosystem Um, That is really based on Detroiters. So right after this interview, I am having our first meeting with an advisory team that we've put together um, to help guide us in creating a decentralized autonomous community for this application. Uh, and so we're we're being very intentional in how we're entering community. Detroit is a majority Black city; is majority of color, so it's a very unique population. Uh, this is a population that has uh, that is normally marginalized within the tech sector, within the finance sector, right? So we're dealing with a lot of different types of um, cultural complexities, and uh, I, that's why I love my job because it, because of that challenge and uh, this this um, ability to offer options that, you know, and and a new system that is not built on harm and violence. Uh, that is what's so key. And that's why I, I've always been a fan of Dan Larimar and EOS Detroit.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Lights on the timer. We got it. Um, yeah, that that's... Um, That is that's a fantastic project. Um, I love the idea of of mesh nets and and them possibly popping up in All kinds of locations all over the all over the world possibly what a what a great what a great thought Um, So in and that's the Detroit DAC or the kind of the pilot DAP or the the DAC you guys are looking at is Regarding the mesh net am I understanding that right? Correct. Yeah, okay.
2: Yes, it's supporting the mesh net
0: great Mm -hmm great um well we need to get you guys some more votes so that uh so that we can start implementing some your, some big ideas here so that that's that's good uh, help,
1: help us bring eos to detroit and to the whole world
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know if it works in detroit if we can pull this off in detroit then there's nothing stopping communities across the globe from implementing a similar solution i mean we're very committed to open source. Everything we do is pretty much in the public domain. So if we, if we win, then we all win. And um, so we're really looking, looking forward to making some headway on this project for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. I've heard of um, some people building a mesh net in Oakland. And I, the way that I understood it was that it was um, kind, of, kind of pirate-y. Like they were going out and kind of doing it like subverting some regulations and just making it happen is that is that is that how mash nets happen or is it or is that uh, like some people <laughs> just like some hackers having too much fun in the city
2: yeah so um it can but for detroit there is some dark fiber that hasn't been used in there where you the um eii uh, has permission to tap into that fiber so okay. this is not you know that
0: those guys are they're they're having fun out there in in oakland i I like them so okay cool yeah um go ahead Mm -hmm.
1: well i was just gonna say like detroit yes detroit is pretty unique in that we're we're completely you know we're completely legit we're we're based we're a company based here in in the u.s we're based in detroit and everything we do is in broad daylight and um of course, with a mesh net, you know, on a long enough timeline, there are all sorts of, you know, probably onerous regulations that different communities are going to encounter in terms of, of access, and you know, the ISPs are not going to exactly appreciate the this you know movement in the long run. I would I would say so. Unquestionably, like there's going to be some friction, but to the extent that we're able to, you know. Um, negotiate and would work openly and and just play nice with everybody. Like that's that's our approach. So,
0: yeah, and it's kind of one of these long grinds. But it seems like it's only going to be going one direction, kind of towards the decentralization and the slow, re, you know, removal of of the stranglehold on internet service. Um, but yeah, like you said, it'll be a, a slow, slow process talking with each community and figuring that out as you go but it seems like it's only going to go one direction i mean you know it's hard to stop these small decentralized communities all over the world like slowly taking you know some of their you know what they're what they're going for so um and that's kind of just a broad picture of how cryptocurrency and decentralization works in general you know these big ideas start in these small places with small groups of people kind of slowly inching forward these, these big ideas. And, um, it, it's powerful. It's really powerful,
1: you know, and, and <clears throat> just to dovetail, this might be a little bit beyond, um, MeshNet entirely, but, but it it's relevant in that once we begin, once we as a community of EOs and all the EOS IO, you know, variants and everybody, um, begin to onboard everyday people into this ecosystem, we can create a whole new economic engine or really like multiple engines to drive all sorts of development and create all sorts of new value, you know, value. And that's just something that is so sorely needed in all many different communities around the world. And um, we're just so we're so close to unleashing uh just an enormous potential on the world so i really we really feel like access is the first the first stop on the road um we can't we can't arrive at the future and leave half of humanity or more behind you know so we have to we have to start where we're at
0: and access is, I mean, you're, when you say that, just for anyone who hasn't caught on yet, we're talking about, like, internet access and basically access to the global community. Um,
1: yeah, right? and, and more. there's more to it than that. As in- Ingrid will allude to, like, there's literacy and, you know, education and, like, all sorts of components to why somebody may have been historically excluded from, you know, being able to participate in various... I mean, we're we're kind of way out in front with a lot of this technology and... I think many people in the community sometimes get a little myopic and it's just really hard to consider other people's concerns outside of your own group, you know? So, of
0: course. Um, Ingrid, would you say that um, the kind of, let's say literacy like financial and uh, technological literacy and those things are something that would naturally follow just information access to the internet or do you think those are things that need to be pushed forward separately?
2: I think it needs to be pushed forward separately. We have to have um, more workshops and um, you know the, all the wonderful coding camps and things but they need to be free um, within the neighborhoods so they're easily physically accessible um, and then we want people to be able to go home and still be able to work on it. And that's why the meshnet is so important. I have friends right now who do do that work. They go into schools and neighborhoods and, and teach coding, but then the kids don't, aren't able to have a computer at home and get on the internet and to further their study. So by the time they come back to the class, they have to kind of, you know, repeat and it slows down progress. Uh, but but yes, you know I think uh, you know it, it, it's it's a tricky thing, and I think it takes um, a very intentional, focused effort to make sure that everyone is um, on this train of innovation and just this futurist train, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing, and people will look at you like you have five heads sometimes, but then within a year or two they don't. Right. And then they're like, oh, I should have bought that or I should have known that or I wish I did or whatever. So as futurists, you know, that is a little bit of the burden. We are so far ahead, that it takes a minute for things to kind of sink into people's minds. Um, But then they will catch up and we just want to make sure that people are more equipped. You know, uh, and that's the thing that it's not like the, when the internet came out, we were everyone was pretty passive users in that. Um, but now, you know, because of the way EOS is structured, you really got to know some things, and you you got to pay attention. And so now it's about how do we make the participation a little bit easier? Why you know lower the barrier of entry so that people can have an understanding of what's going on in the governance, and the constitution, and all these things that are being built. Um, without having to spend hours and hours of research th- that we do because we're in love with it and we're enthusiasts, right? Um, not everybody has the, that privilege of time um, and, uh, and bandwidth and capacity to even understand it. And sometimes, you know, it does take one-on-one conversations, which I have many times. I'll just take an hour of my day. Somebody wants to learn. I sit there and I tell them um, and it's, you know, it's going to be right you know, more intimate kind of, gatherings in that way uh, and then it'll grow over time the more that people can see they can use cryptocurrency or see how blockchain is entering their industry Um, but it you know we we do have to be a little patient and eos is such a baby it just Mm -hmm. it just so you know i think next year is going to be super super exciting there will be a lot more tools that will make it more accessible and and uh i'll be out there in the streets uh happily telling and sharing with everyone and teaching everyone how to use it. Yeah. And it's
0: and it's it's such small steps like right now such small communities and such little baby steps that we can take because like you said eos is a baby but uh baby steps are the biggest steps so <laughs> um, this it's an exciting time for sure i mean when a year from now i i, I make really excited to see where we're at like because there's this right now there's this real apparent shift in eos from real tough usability basically you have to get into it and research and and it's it's not easy Um, to this UX where they're trying to make things where it's where you don't even know that you're using it. Some of the games that are coming out like um, <laughs> that uh, Eva Dapp people at the back, the um, which is yeah, the ride sharing Dapp yeah. where the blockchains in the background mm-hmm. and you, you use it as, as if you would, you were using Uber. Right. Um, those type of ideas are so exciting because now all of a sudden people are using the blockchain and they realize it. And then that can kind of get a toehold so they can dig in further and, you know, so yeah, really exciting year coming up here for sure.
1: And I was uh, m- myself and other members of the team just had the opportunity to be in London for the EOS hackathon. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I, I I did see the EOS mobile app with my own eyes. It does oh. exist. It does exist. Yes. So they're 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 working on it, and um, I'm really excited about that because launching a really slick app that has secure enclave built right in through, you know, Apple's own um, security mechanisms uh, will be a massive game changer beyond what I think anybody realizes. Um, So, and that's just going to be one wave of of adoption, but it's going to, it's going to have effects beyond just, you know, iPhone or Android users for
0: sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these, these, uh, software drops basically that block one has planned are, are going to be game changers. I'm hoping, um, as far as the, the app goes, what type of, um, what type of functionality did it have? Like what, what, what type of things, what type of things are in there?
1: Um, you know, I wasn't able to, uh, get the phone out of Dan's <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> long enough to play around with it, but, uh, it's, a uh, it's, it's, it's got everything you might expect. I'm not sure that some of the more advanced features are, are going to be in there, but 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 definitely like sending and receiving, you know, tokens and all the all the basic um, stuff you might expect. I don't want to make any. It's not my my product, and I don't want to like make any pronouncements about. You're doing so.
0: product release for Block One now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting a phone call from Block One. Yeah, they're gonna no. <laughs> Well, um, do you have any guesses or insights on the identity solution that people talk about? Um, like any, any clue what that might be like?
1: Well, I mean, to me, the natural identity solution is universal basic income because who won't give up their identity and verify themselves for, um, you know, for that. Uh And that's, it's the perfect, it's the perfect way to the masses, in my opinion, or universal resource inheritance or however we're looking at it. Um, You know, if you, it's not only the, it's not only the key to identity, it's the key to mass adoption. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to see. Identity is a really tricky problem. So many people have been trying to solve the problem of identity and we're a bunch of voluntarists generally speaking in this community. So we're not going to like kick down anybody's door and demand to know who they are. And we want to preserve the, you know, the right for people to remain incognito. So it's really just got to be a compelling opt-in scenario that, that, that brings with a lot of benefits. And until people see benefits, they're, they're not going to, you know, necessarily feel comfortable being, like out in the open in this brand new frontier, you know, of a uh, sort of like, I don't know how to characterize where we are right now. It's, yeah, it's well, completely a new, new territory.
0: So that that's such a, that's such a good take that I haven't heard it specifically put like that, but it's the same way that um, kind of Dan or Eos has tried to think about everything by, not saying do this but by building the incentives in such a way that you want to do basically what's right for the chain you know and so all along the way it's kind of this the incentives are lined up so to think of the identity solution as just another uh, uh another incentive alignment where we'll give you some of the resources that are natural to eos we'll pay them to you if you take some time and and verify your identity. Um, you know, that makes that makes a lot of sense because it, it does. That's one of the big pushbacks is like these identity solutions. People say, I'm not going to give my identity. Um, but, but they probably would. I mean, they give it to Facebook and Google and everyone else for free. And if if someone's going to be real transparent, protect your identity and pay you for it, then, um, that's, that's a heck of a solution. I'll take it.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, just to speak to identity briefly, like, I know we're probably running kind of low on time, but, you know, it's been called the total sunlight approach, um, Mm -hmm. by various people, possibly Dan at one point in time, Dan Larimer, for people who may not know who that is. Um, but you know, the, yeah, the idea that we're all sharing everything we have and all our connections and everything with, corporations such as facebook and google that they know everything and therefore you know governments pretty much have all that information and through network analysis like pretty much can infer anything else that they want to know even if somebody's not on the network so it's kind of like the illusion of privacy um, should be dispensed with like you can have privacy in a really limited sense if you need it for a specific purpose But the idea that we're all gonna have like little walled gardens um, while engaging in giant social networks is kind of a fallacy. And we'd be stronger as a global community if we just put all our cards on the table and said, to the extent that we're able to, right? Because, you know, various people that live in repressive societies or don't have as much security may not be able to get away with as much. But, But to the extent that we're all able to just put our cards in the public domain, and share what we're willing to share um in this the community space the community is going to be so much richer as a result and we're going to all be able to utilize that that common pool of information about who we are and because the only people we're protecting ourselves from right now are other people you know and we're not protecting ourselves from corporate you know interests or governments so it's kind of a i would really like to see I mean, I, I believe that, yeah, like a solution like universal basic income is um, giving people the ability to opt into this you know new paradigm and a compelling re- you know a compelling reason at that, and then identity becomes kind of a non-issue it's um we're all in this together, we're all working for the common good, we're all operating completely out in front in total sunlight, and uh you know at the end of the day, I think. This all rests on free speech, um, so you know
0: yeah, and that that total sunlight thought is is pretty compelling when you think about it it 's that the government and corporations already have full access to your identity probably more know about you than you do yourself in in some cases um, and then so people are really only trying to protect from from other random people, but then on that note like the bad actors that are, that are random individuals out there, they're bad actors and they have access to all your information as well. You know, you can buy it, you can, you can get anything you want and hack people. Like if you have the will, there is a way. So, um, there's really your identity, for any nefarious purposes is already fully exposed unless you've been some sort of wizard your entire life and totally. you know, John mcafee them or something, but uh, it, it's just not, people don't have time to protect themselves like that. So uh, to people listening, yeah, your identity being private is an absolute, um, is an illusion unless unless you've done some serious lifelong work to keep it not that. So, um, yeah, the, the sun, the, the sunlight, I like that. Um, you know, that's a good picture of it for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, so, we have about ten minutes left, and then we're gonna wrap up. Ingrid's got an awesome community meeting coming up, um, or she's gonna go talk about building the Detroit DAC. So that's that's fantastic. Um, I had a couple things I just wanted to mention about EOS Detroit here. You guys are going to start start on a new office, and you're gonna put in some your backup bare metal infrastructure uh, coming up, maybe by the next year early next year at some point um that's on the board so we need to get some votes out for you guys um yeah help
1: us (laughs) help us make it happen
0: (laughs) for sure um and uh so that was just something i wanted to mention um that you guys have on the board um what other you know what other kind of final things did you want to touch on in our last five to ten minutes here about eos detroit
1: i wanted to mention the community calendar Uh, many groups seem to have tried to make a eos community calendar and i realize now why it's so difficult and why Mm. it hasn't really been done because we've got so many different groups across so many different regions and cultures and everything else languages that it's it's near impossible but i'm determined uh and so we have a we have an eos community calendar i'm i was asking in telegram a moment ago where else it's being hosted but i know you can find it on the blocksmith dashboard you can find it um on our website us detroit there's a calendar and we're really trying to make this community effort for and we've got a form people can fill out to submit um any events that that are happening and we'll do our best to keep that updated Um, but i i view like also it's just totally critical that um it would be really wonderful if there was like an actual source of truth of all the events happening in the entire EO space where i mean i know it's something i want where i could just go and click on a calendar and go you know oh this day oh okay take my pick of you know all these live streams that are happening all the physical meetups that are happening and everything so
0: yeah it almost sounds like a type of like a meetup.com type of sites for eos specifically and that also has like virtual meetups and videos and all kinds of stuff in it huh
1: yeah well right now it's just a Calendar um, and it's uh, it, the API is available. We're using uh, Google, and you can plug into it. Yeah, it would be amazing if we could build our own app and
0: just we're talking. Yeah, we're we're five ten years like, down the road. Once you guys are top block producer, build.
2: Sure, sure. <laughs> let's,
1: let's just uh, let's just all get on the same page using existing tools and um, which we're we're doing now. Like here we are on Zoom, which is kind of awesome and everything.
0: So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's got to be a massive effort. You So you you must be just contacting almost all the block producers individually and getting them to connect through the API. Is that how you're trying to do it?
1: Well, we just got it up not too long ago. And um, we, yeah, anyone can can uh, get access to, to host it, the calendar on their site. In terms of updating the calendar, it's a little challenging um, simply because we, you know, it becomes a little cumbersome to like grant the entire world access to write access to this calendar. Um, so at some point, um, you know, we have a form right now that you can just fill out. I'll link to it in your, in the, the description. People can find that out. And of course there are problems with that too, but we're just kind of working with what we have and, and marching forward and, and we'll, we'll tackle all the problems as they come up, but just getting all community calendar that generally people thought of as the de facto community calendar would be a huge step and then we can make it better. We can iterate, you know, we don't need to For have sure. the perfect thing coming out the gate, but I would really love to see more participation
0: from different people. Um, sure. Inger, well, a big, big part of that's marketing. So make sure people to click the, or to use the calendar link, we'll put it in the show notes and you can share it with anyone who might use it. So yeah, go ahead, Inger.
2: Yes, uh, October 23rd at 7pm, we're going to be live streaming our conversation, Future of the State, um, Government and Blockchain Technologies. So please join us. Um, Just you can find us on our YouTube channel as well, EOS Detroit, where we have uh, all of our live stream um, videos um, listed. But yeah, October 23rd at 7pm. So we can put the link down below
1: that's uh 7 p.m eastern time
2: oh sorry yes 7 p.m eastern time
1: (laughs) and um i don't know what that is utc
0: but yeah that'll be a great event um all right and uh this is the eos podcast this is my my uh my baby lately and uh this is what i'm gonna keep going and like Igor said earlier like most people don't have time to sit and watch YouTube videos. So the reason I made this into a podcast is so people can listen at work when they're supposed to be working, but really they're going to be educating themselves and so that they can be a part of EOS. So uh, listen to the EOS podcast. And um, we've got the San Francisco hackathon coming up for EOS. That's going to be awesome. Uh, I can't wait. I'll be a mentor at that. So um, I look forward to meeting a bunch of block producers and seeing what the hackers come up with in San Francisco. The Monday after the San Francisco Hackathon is the Scaling Blockchain Conference. They're going to develop for real-world applications. That's in San Francisco. That's the day after, and a lot of the block producers there will be there. Um, and a Warbly will be there, and um, I'll be the MC of that event. So if you guys are in San Francisco, stay an extra day and come to the conference on Monday, and I've got a link for that uh, in the show notes as well. Um, so did you guys have any other kind of calls to your you know your eos friends out there before we wrap it up
2: uh sure uh please visit us on facebook or twitter and telegram eos detroit um, we are also on instagram and uh, feel free to visit us on eosdetroit.io and you can sign up for our newsletter we have a weekly airdrop That gives you um, even more information about EOS uh, and the EOS community. So uh, yeah,
1: that's called the weekly airdrop. We we post it on Steamit on our Steamit page and Medium um, most every week, and that's a really great resource if you're looking to kind of get a survey of what's going on in the space Um, and sign up for it on our website. And
0: gosh. Yeah, the yeah. weekly airdrop is a killer tool. I like I like that to catch up and just all the you know find out about new DApps and things like that. Um, so yeah, I oh, I saw that you guys had the airdrop for uh, EOS, the crypto peso EOS, EOS Venezuela is doing was in the weekly yeah. airdrop. So go check that out. Crypto um, peso,
1: um, and I just want to we this is like a whole topic, but like you know as a community, I'd just love to see everybody supporting all these variant chains uh, that they're anything that they feel is a a good project it's really at the end of the day this is a we're in a different space than traditional crypto and what we're seeing with EOS is the potential to evolve and the potential for all these innovations and experiments to filter back um, and benefit everybody so let's not be afraid of innovation and let's not be afraid of experiments and um, yeah see where this goes
0: Don't be afraid. My EOS friends, do not be afraid. We're in a brave new world. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate it and appreciate what you guys are doing. So hopefully we'll uh, get some votes for EOS Detroit and keep pushing you guys towards doing big things. So um, yeah, well, thank you guys for coming on and uh, we will see you later, my EOS friends. Cheers. Cheers. Money is not the
1: prime asset in life. Time is, and uh, your time is.